0: some rosé if that's what you want to do it's okay we can drink some merlot whatever we want on our
1: juice
0: box show
1: hello and welcome to juice box everyone
0: hello hello welcome back
1: how's it going camp
0: not so bad just doing some last minute cramming research for this episode nice um, how was your uh <laughs> how was your uh, yoga this evening
1: yoga was great it was um hot. it was quite hot hotter than i was <laughs> expecting i think i figured out where the coolest place in the room is and i will act accordingly in the future <laughs> um so now i've got Three beverages in front of me. One is water. One is Seven Eleven brand replenish beverage, Mm. cucumber mint flavor. Super water. (laughs) And one is our wine for the evening. Mm. So, yeah.
0: Um, The weather today. Not to talk about the weather on the podcast, but I (laughs) I was baffled by it. Speaking of hot, yes, so weird.
1: Yes, it was weird.
0: because it felt, it did feel like fall outside, like it was not hot, but then it, it, it felt like almost like an artificial heat. Um, but anyway, we're here to talk about wine. We're here to drink some wine. We're here to, uh, bring beverage hijinks and beverage (laughs) know-how, uh, to the airwaves, uh, juice box pod.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, this is And that's what we're doing and this wine is perfect for today because it is quite a zippy white wine zippy in some ways but i think it drinks well for warm weather yeah so maybe we should get into what the wine that we are drinking um it's called cobalt ferment or ferment but i like to but I like to call it ferment because that is the grape and I like that it is called ferment and you, you then you ferment the grapes. It's just wow. a perfect name for a grape.
0: Beverage hijinks. <laughs> that one's free, folks. <laughs> yeah, um, so.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, that was, yeah, this is, this that is was for a me very um that was that was that was you didn't we didn't plan that at all yeah that was Um, just off the cuff off the cuff right there improv (laughs) um yeah this is firmeat ferment which is a weird grape that a lot of people have probably never heard of yeah because it's mostly grown in like hungary and slovenia and slovakia um which are not necessarily the worldwide hot spots for wine
1: mm-hmm.
0: um although maybe they should be and that's why and that's why we're here to talk today about <laughs> about uh this Fermi, which is from slovenia am i even saying that right i slovenia? think so slovenia um, I just realized I've been saying that so confidently for years. <laughs> when you say it onto the public airwaves, it
1: yeah, just
0: feels a little different. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, Slovenia, I guess. Um, uh, this tiny little country, um, it's right where it needs to be to produce beautiful, beautiful wine. I'm looking right now, um, dog barking. Hopefully, people can hear that, but if you can, it's a dog. Um, It's right on the, like I'm looking at the map and it's right on par with the north of Italy, um, and like the center of France. So like Loire Valley, Burgundy, um, it's like right around that, um, latitude, uh, which tells me that the climate is excellent for winemaking and, and, uh, growing wine, growing grapes to make wine. Um, so let's talk. Let's yeah. talk wine. Let's talk Slovenia. Um, what's the guy's name?
1: <laughs> his name is Bojan or Bojan, Bojan. We looked up the pronunciation Bojan and I already forgot it. <laughs> Bojan <laughs> Cabal is his name. Um, there is not a ton of information that I could find about this person. Um so We're mostly going to talk about the wine, but uh, I know, Camp, I know you've had wines from him before. Um, Mm -hmm. Their website is a treat to look through uh, if only if if not for anything, but for the Google Translate um, things, there was one of the pairings and this is skipping ahead a little bit, but one of the pairings was diced lard or minced lard. Yeah. And anyway so that's that's who made it um but yeah so very excited to be drinking a wine from a country we don't see often and a grape we don't see often Harkening back to the margins interview that we did with megan bell um i really i just love anytime i can try a grape i haven't heard of before one of the things she was talking about one of her main goals with her winery is that she is making wine out of these marginal varietals and i don't know that this is necessarily a marginal varietal particularly in that part of the world but it's one that as u.s consumers we're not going to necessarily see it in our grocery store so i love getting to try new grapes um and this came as many of our wines on this show do it came from woodland and it uh said it was a um a shop favorite and Mm -hmm. it's great
0: yeah it's um we were just talking about this before the show but this wine and and also many many wines from that part of the world are always so affordable because they're not famous you know they're not from burgundy yeah. or even the Loire, um, or like Piedmont. So you can get them at a bargain price, even though they're pretty much in the same league, if you ask me, um, it's kind of like, I think we talked a little bit about, uh, the Jura region. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was on the podcast or back in the Twitch days, but, um, like how the Jura is just kind of neighbors with Burgundy, but it's not burgundy. So you can get the wines at a much more affordable price, Mm -hmm. which now that like natural wine is kind of popping off and the Jura is popping off, that's becoming less and less true, but, um, these wines are still, are still pretty affordable. Like wines from Hungary, Slovenia, um, Czech Republic has some amazing wines. Um, they're all priced very, uh, very within range. Um, you can really drink amazing, amazing wines. Um, at a very low price. I mean this one you you bought this caffeine but I mean it's like less than 20 bucks, right? Or
1: Yeah, it's it's
0: $16. Yeah. Yeah. It, it drinks like much better than that if you ask me. It's like aromatic and bright mm-hmm. and also like has texture.
1: Yeah, uh do we want to get into our our thoughts on the actual taste?
0: Um sure i didn't mean to i didn't mean to jump on in oh
1: no no it's okay
0: um yeah what are you getting
1: so when i first took a sip i immediately thought of juicy juice brand white grape juice on the front end but then on the back end it's like lemon it's like um super lemony almost like lemon rind like Mm. that type of sourness slash not quite bitter but yeah. there's like a full spectrum that you're getting with this. You're getting the what feels like super round and sweet at the beginning, and then it it's like it tapers off from like that juicy juice, then into like a tropical flavor and then it gets more like aromatic and citrusy and floral toward the end. So that yeah. was really that was it's always cool when the wine drastically changes like that on your palate. Um, are you getting, anything like that
0: yeah 100 percent. i'm also getting a real like stony kind of thing like very mineral um but the main yeah the main thing i noticed definitely is the acidity like it's so like bracing and and powerful acidity but it is very sweet and and like balanced i think do you know if there's residual sugar in it i don't know i I know that
1: I know that it was aged on the leaves yeah, and that it was the bottle itself says it was macerated for 36 hours, which um, the website says it was 24 hours. But the Mm. bottle itself is a little different. Mm. I couldn't find any info on on residual sugar.
0: Yeah, it doesn't. I don't know. If it it might not have any actual residual sugar, but it kind of takes me to that mindset. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like The wines that have residual sugar are are definitely in the same yeah. ball game as this.
1: You know what's interesting? the The fact that you say that is is uh, poignant because apparently this grape is sometimes used for dessert wines as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you get like I think we can kind of. It, this is obviously this is a far cry from a dessert wine, but you can maybe see like a whisper of that at the beginning of what it could be if it were treated that way I
0: guess yeah for sure yeah I mean if it was like sweet and and aged uh, I'm sure it would have a lot to give mm-hmm. most definitely it, it definitely like is reminiscent of Chenin Blanc a little bit to me and also Riesling
1: yeah um, Totally it has like
0: that aromatic, super high acidity, but it has like that round mm-hmm. and, and like you, there's a lot obviously that happens in the cellar with this wine. I guess it's skin contact a little bit and lees. So I I get a, like a lot of round, um, you know, like texture and body that I think I kind of am associating with Chenin Blanc. Um, but yeah, I mean, for sixteen dollars, it's 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 giving us so much tropical, lemon, mineral, high acid. It's great.
1: Um, this could be just me thinking too much about the leaves, but I didn't, we didn't really, I didn't talk about the aroma that much. And it almost smells like a little bit buttery. Like there's like this richness to the smell itself Mm -hmm. that is much more indicative of the first part of what it tastes like. And it doesn't, like it's not uh i don't smell a ton of like more citrus flavors but maybe more of like i don't know it it is almost like maybe somewhat buttery maybe these are probably polar opposites but maybe a little bit buttery maybe maybe a little bit like i'm in a wet cave
0: yeah yeah I, i get that to me like It's hard to dissociate like buttery from the old like oaky sort of characteristics and like Chardonnay vibes. But
1: totally. Yeah, and I do not I don't mean it in that way. But I guess But no, it
0: does have like that kind of like thick, creamy richness Mm -hmm. on the nose as well as on the palate. Yeah. But yeah, I for sure get like wet wet rocks, wet Mm -hmm. cave kind of stuff.
1: Um yeah. This is this is delightful. Yep. And it's it is kind of giving me more the longer I sit with it. Yeah. Um because I mean
0: this bottle's been open for a while too. So it's
1: yeah. I think I opened it five forty five.
0: Yeah. Seven twenty six. Yeah. And I didn't put it back in the fridge when you Oh, okay. Yeah. So mine's like it's still cold, but it's not like very cold, and I did that on purpose um and it's like it's probably I would imagine like right when you open it and right when you take it out of the fridge, it would be even more like steely and and like razor sharp and kind of pointed because like this is this acidity is like very very pronounced right now um and that's after like warming up a little bit and being open for almost two hours so I don't know. I, I think uh, this is probably like the most the wine can give. Mm.
1: Yeah. Well, and I put mine, I put the bottle back in the fridge mm-hmm. after I poured it and brought it to you. So maybe part of what I'm getting is just that it's warming up in my glass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, totally. Yeah. Um, the ABV on this is 13.5, which mm. I don't know. I think I drink the wines that I drink a lot of times are lower rate, like 11 or 12 and yeah. for a white wine, it seems a little high, yeah. um, but so probably that's not always,
0: residual sugar.
1: Why is think. that? What does that mean when you say um,
0: that? Because like you get alcohol by,
1: Oh, by yeast, the, yeast eating the
0: sugar. So if the alcohol um, content is that high, then the yeast probably ate all the sugar.
1: Got it. Okay. I always picture a uh, pac uh pac-man whenever they, <laughs> whenever people talk about yeast eating sugar. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I haven't thought about that, but now I always will.
1: <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Um, I think I
0: have like a weird I have like a weird graphic from like a wine book or something years ago that I looked at. Mm. Um or like a YouTube video, but Pac-Man is preferred. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, anything else we care to dive into on this wine?
0: Um, where would you, where, what, what kind of context does this wine have like for you? Like Where, um, where, do you, where does this take you?
1: That's a really great question. It, The context is very specific to me. It will not have a white application, but it, (laughs) it takes me back to, uh, to living in Curly Court, um, and getting into wine and William really liking white wines. And so I would get, there was like this one white wine I would get all the time at Woodland and it kind of reminds me of that and maybe like that i don't know why it's not i don't really remember what that other wine tastes like but it kind of just makes me think of that um but i don't know let me think of a different answer while you answer that question (laughs)
0: um my answer my answer is kind of a bummer uh (laughs) because this i know that we've been like saying how much we like enjoy this and then we're praising it and, and for the value and everything but to me it really tastes like a wedding wine or like a oh, <laughs> like a like an art gallery white yeah you know?
1: yeah absolutely okay yeah. yes and
0: I always like I always get you know I always when I'm at those things we'll order something that I know is going to be like the best one like a,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, I would never order like a a chardonnay at one of those things because I know it's going to be just like a gross oaky california chardonnay or or like a red but i you know if i got like a sauvignon blanc or um something like that this this is what like i'm associating Mm -hmm. that with yeah
1: okay i agree with you um one of i forgot about this but when i first like smelled it before i when i was just like pouring it into the jar i just thought about like that sort of Being at a function and this being the wine, the white wine. Um, And I don't really think that's sad. I think like it has, it has wide applicability.
0: Like, yeah, it does.
1: This would actually be because of its price. This would be an amazing wine for people to choose to have at their gallery opening or their wedding reception or something like that. Um, Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. true.
0: I mean, it it is like within range for those mm-hmm. things price wise. Um, but yeah, it, it does. It does. Uh, that's what it takes me to. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. There's like, you know, there's, there's a negative connotation, I think, to like art gallery wine and things like that. But um, this is a, a good one. This is the one that yeah. you would get at the art gallery. Huh. This is actually not bad. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, We, this is, here's another question I thought of that. We should we should talk about it in every episode. But what what um what food would you pair this with?
0: Mm. Good question. Big old spoonful of minced lard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, this is one that's um. I do usually when I'm pairing food, I kind of like for um, like, I kind of like the wine to sort of contrast what I'm eating Mm
1: -hmm.
0: or like kind of cut through it. Um, I think this one would be pretty nice for that with like, um, like a, like a kind of fatty pork dish, Mm -hmm. you know, like a really rich pork dish but not anything like overly like not like a steak yeah or anything like super dark and like powerful something that's still like fairly fairly light and, and delicate but kind of like has a creamy fattiness to it um or like a chicken and cream sauce or something or like that sort of thing or on the other end of the spectrum i also think it'd be amazing with like a white fish like mm-hmm. a really nice like delicate lemony herb white fish. Yeah. it's probably what I would like actually pair it with if I was like doing a menu <laughs> pairing. Mm-hmm. Uh I think that sounds really good. Oh yeah, that sounds really good. Like <laughs> herbs and lemon and white fish. Um
1: yeah, we're what always we're always recording <laughs> at dinner time,
0: <laughs> we, yeah, <laughs> and we always record before we eat. <laughs> yes,
1: so I am really hungry. Thinking about this, um mm-hmm. when you were talking about pork, I I don't love pork in all of its forms. Yeah. However, I thought about either pork ramen or what I normally get at Two uh, Ten Jack, the turkey ramen. Mm-hmm. This that is what I would pair it with, like something with like. The pork tonkatsu is amazing. And it is this broth that just like it is, it it envelops you. It's so warming and thick and so delicious. And that with this wine would be so good. They would complement yeah. each other really well. Or really, I think any ramen that they have, because even their their vegetarian ramen is amazing as well. And it is very uh like it gives you a similar like umami type of experience yeah so now i'm uh plotting the next time i will go eat there
0: <laughs> yeah now i want the uh i'll meet you in the middle with the um uh, king crab noodles like that have you had those
1: no at Tuta oh Jack? that's
0: yeah that's like my my that's like the reason i go there
1: really i, I don't try yeah,
0: that i don't like really go there to be very often to be honest it's like just like not my favorite kind of food I'm not a huge ramen person Um, nothing against it I just like I'm not one of those people that's like oh I'm craving ramen Um, but they yeah they have like these king crab noodles that are kind of similar to what I was saying they're like a little bit more light and and like probably I mean I haven't had them in a while but like herb and and lemon which is kind of what I'm Craving with this wine sounds good. Now, see, now I want to go to Tin Jack. A couple times a year, it gets me, pulls me in.
1: I haven't been in so long.
0: Yeah, I haven't. It's there's always a wait too, and I never. It's never a place that I would like make a reservation for because it's always like a, a spur of the moment.
1: Right. Right. Thing. Yeah. There is. There is there's always a always wait. a wait.
0: Yeah, but the bar is pretty big. So. Hmm.
1: Um. Oh, so the last question about this wine. How many glasses have you had?
0: Um, I have had, I'm drinking out of a small, very, very small, um, like French bistro style glass. So I think that my pours are probably like somewhere between three and four ounces, but I have had three of them, so. You're looking at okay. about a glass, a glass and a half in an American size. Wine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think I've, I've had less than one glass of a, an American size because I, I haven't, I have refilled my glass, but I didn't drink it all the way down the first time. And I haven't finished this one either. Mm. So I would say maybe four ounces for me.
0: Yeah. And you're also <laughs> supplementing with water and Super cucumber, Seven Eleven electrolyte water, <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, cool. So, I guess our last part of our part of the episode. Let's. Uh, what have you been drinking, Camp?
0: Oh man, um, I have been drinking. So the wine that comes to mind is one that um, it's pretty well known in the natural wine world. Um it's the Danger 380 volts pet nat from uh Milan Nesterek in the Czech Republic. Um and it's like probably my favorite pet nat on earth. Uh, really? Yeah. Like year after year, it's just like so addictive. Um
1: do you serve it at Lou?
0: Yeah, we I mean it's kind of allocated it's there's not like a lot it's, it's not allocated like you get six bottles for the year but it's like you kind of have to you kind of have to stake your claim when they get the shipment in um so we'll have it probably for i have like i think five cases so um I don't know, we'll, we'll maybe have it for like a month or two it's it's kind of expensive it's not expensive but at Lou, i think it's like 85 bucks so you kind of have to treat yourself a little bit for like a sparkling wine um especially a pet nat. um but it's i mean it's got to be one of the best pet nuts ever it's it tastes like pineapple juice and honey and flowers um it's just like so incredibly energetic Uh, i mean it's called danger 380 volts and there's like a lightning bolt on the label um so that should kind of give you a hint, but it is just... I've,
1: yeah, I've seen the label before, but I've never tried it.
0: Oh, it's so good. You and you have you have to try it. Um it's they probably have it at Woodland. I mean
1: actually they they don't. I actually yeah, I, like I just search it. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't have it.
0: um well you'll have to come to Lou. Um it is yeah, it it's just it just makes you want to <laughs> chug the bottle. Like I, every time I think about like, Oh, what wine should I drink? That's the one that I want almost always, unless I like need a red wine, but yeah, it's like just, just funky enough, but it's not, it's not like stinky funky. It's just kind of like, Whoa, this is kind of crazy that this is wine. funky mm-hmm. um, cool. Cause it has like almost like a creamy, um, like very round texture Mm -hmm. but then but then it's like very bright and like bubbly and like you would not think of it as being creamy but then like somehow the texture is like really smooth um it's just like an amazing 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 pet nap um so that i've i've enjoyed and then i've had also uh a couple of canary islands wines lately which I've always been a fan of the Canary Islands, uh, mm-hmm. but the last couple of weeks has just been like—I mean, there's no better example of terroir, I think, in the world. Really? The, yeah, because like, I mean, they're they're volcanic islands, and they're just like buried in ash. All all the vineyards are—I mean, a lot of the vineyards are like actually yeah. dug out craters in the ash. I think I've we've talked about that maybe before, yeah
1: but. we had the envenate benhe blanco on yes. the show um yeah
0: like episode two <laughs> it was
1: a right. yeah it was yeah. one of our first episodes
0: yeah um yeah so it's it's super volcanic and it's also like islands and whenever i drink wines from there i just taste like smoke and,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and oh like, yeah sometimes like anchovy oh or, my gosh sure
1: One time we had, remember for Wine Club, we had the red, the Benhe red one. And every, like I think someone managed to get a different year somehow from Woodland. And they tasted so different years apart or one year apart. One of them tasted like shellfish. The one that was the older one, I think. But which also just like this kind of also ties back to the margins interview where Megan was talking about how natural wine, if it's natural, like truly natural, it will not be the exact same every year. And yeah. so that was a really, in, that was such a cool opportunity when we did that for wine club and, and got to try two different years and see what oh, the yeah. difference. It wasn't like a negative difference. It was just like, oh, cool. This is like this is you know an agricultural product that should change
0: yeah i remember both like both the wines were good Mm -hmm. um one of them was just like way different from the other yeah yeah and obviously like it would change a little bit just after a year of being in the bottle too sure kind of like soften around the edges but um yeah i I definitely remember one of them tasted like oystery and shellfishy um so yeah, I've been I had recently I did have um an Envinate wine. I think it's Tanagan or Tagana is the name of the wine. Um but it's like a it's kind of a white, I think it sees a little bit of skin contact. It it does it sees like a tiny little bit of skin contact, but it it drinks kind of like a white, but it I mean it tastes like smoke and oysters it's crazy. Like it, That's it's, wild. Yeah. Like it just, you, it just tastes like an Island. Um, and I think that's pretty cool. And then we have, uh, at Lou we have one from this winemaker beyond Altura. It's also from the Canary Islands, but it's a red, um, and it's similar. It's like, it's the much more pronounced fruit, um, kind of has like juicy red fruit, but you still get that like salty smoky oceanic quality. Um, so yeah i'm 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 into that right now i'm I'm on a canary Islands kick um Canary Islands and even just like mainland spain i'm I'm really uh I think the natural wine people in Spain are are doing it right um, so yeah, that's what I'm into and then obviously I'm always drinking tons of French wines too, but
1: yeah, that's cool um
0: yeah, what about you?
1: Um, the only wine to speak of in the last couple of weeks, um, was this uh, La Pierre Morgon from 2019. Um, mm-hmm. William got it for me as a Christmas gift last year, and I had been hanging on to it. But I was like, no, this I shouldn't like leave this unopened for a super long time. Yeah. Um, and it was really good. Um, it was. It was right after we had discussed the uh, Lanteer bougelais. Yeah. And so having that fresh in my mind of thinking about the Appalachians and having a boujolet that was uh, a crew boujolais was really cool to think about. Um I have my notes right here <laughs> <laughs> that I wrote down. Um, but it was it was like perfect because I opened it on like a sunday afternoon the light was dimming a little bit and the leaves were falling so this could have just been because of my surroundings but it really smelled like fall leaves to me mm. and it was a classic just like very good boujoulet that is it almost tastes like bubble gum and cherries mm. and like very floral it was so good um but yeah that's like that's kind of the main like drink that I, that stands out in my memory over the last few weeks. Um, yeah, that's really all I have. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, you, you jogged my memory. I did have um, the Guy, Guy Bouton, uh Chiroube Beaujolais, um, they got Is, a bunch of, what were you asking? Sorry,
1: I interrupted you. That's okay. (laughs) When you said cherub, is it spelled C-H-E-R-U-B? Like cherub?
0: (laughs) No, it's C H I R O U B L E S. But Oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. French. I got it. Yeah, so we would say uh (laughs) Chirables. Um but I I think I think it's cherub. Cool. Um, but it's uh one of the crew Beaujolais from Guy Breton, um, who's one of the, the OG gang of four guys from Beaujolais, which I think we've talked about in the past. Kind of like one of the founding fathers of this new modern natural wine movement. Um, and it was so good. It was just like a huge like slap in the face of why everyone loves Beaujolais. <laughs> like it was just like, yeah. So like juicy and somehow also earthy and complex and just like wacky wild like I w- I would buy a case of it right now if I could it was so delicious um so I had the, oh I have others too. I have, I have so much that I've been drinking lately I've been drinking a lot
1: it's it's almost like <laughs> you get paid to drink <laughs> wine
0: yeah it's almost <laughs> it's almost like that I had a Mondeuse which is my first one of those uh it's a grape like an Alpine grape in France, I think it's Mondeuse. It's like M O N D E U uh, S E, and that was a wacky wine. We I I bought some for Lou because it was so weird. It tastes like Gamay from Beaujolais mixed with like a Rioja Tempranillo. Oh, so yes, yeah, so like completely like off the wall, like weird cherry grape candy flavors. And then also like this deep earthiness. Um, Yeah, really just like wacky wine. Um, But the one that we have is from uh, Domaine Giacchino in Savoie, France. Um, I've had like one or two of their other wines and they're all really good. The reds are uh, really, really good. The the white I had was fine. That's cool. Yeah, so amazing. I I got to catch up. Yeah, i have to gotta, drink
1: i have to drink more wines in between recordings
0: yeah you should become a wine buyer on the side
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> <It's>, it helps <laughs> yes um cool well um that's that that's a wrap
0: yeah uh as always hit our line on anchor
1: yes We got to get some more voice memos going.
0: Yeah, we haven't really had that. If you please.
1: We've only had two. Um, Also, by the way, guys, isn't our theme song amazing? We've only talked about it on Instagram, but Aaron Park made us this fantastic theme song, and it gets stuck in my head all the time. Yeah. It's great.
0: I can hear it right now.
1: Yeah. And you guys are about to hear it now. So, ciao.
0: <laughs> ciao. We can drink some rosé If that's what you want to do It's okay We can drink some merlot Whatever we want On our juice box show